Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Christopher Littlefield. Chris is the founder and CEO of Beyond Thank You. It's an organization that helps other organizations develop the skills and tools to increase engagement, boost performance, and raise their organizational cultural effectiveness. He's a contributor to Forbes and Harvard Business Review. He's a TEDx speaker and international keynote speaker, and is the author of a great book called 75 Plus Team Building Activities for Remote Teams. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Jeff. So right now, people are starting to make their way back into the office, but there are still plenty of people working out there remotely. In your mind, at this time, what do you wish more leaders knew about how to manage their remote teams? What I wish more people knew was that at the heart of our relationship is the experience of feeling valued. And whether we're working remotely or whether we're in the office, it is our job as leaders to nurture an environment where people feel valued every day. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to show people that we appreciate them, to acknowledge the circumstances that they're working and they're facing every day, and to recognize the progress and the effort their people are putting in regardless of what they're facing. And that recognition, one of the simplest things that we can do is actually conflict prevention. Because when we build those relationships, when things don't work, when things don't go the way that we want to, or think when things break down, right? We have the relationships to work through those together. What do you observe very effective organizations doing right now to show that appreciation to, to not only be more understanding, but more encouraging uh, of people during this time? Well, what's really interesting is the last few years I've been part of a best place to work study where I get to interview the CEOs of the top 10 best place to work in this specific industry. And I did these interviews in 2019, and I did them last year as well. And many of the same CEOs were on that top 10 list or the same companies. And what was interesting from the first year and the second year is that there was a commonality among all these leaders. And they all have what I call a valued employee mindset, that their job was to ensure their people felt valued every day and were able to succeed both at work and outside of work as well. And so what they were doing in their organizations and what they were doing once the pandemic hit didn't really change, right? Where they may have been doing it in the office to find out what their people needed. Once they were, but people were working remotely, all they were doing is asking themselves the question, what do our people need right now to be at their best? And those organizations are extremely successful in their field. And they understand that when we put our people first, then they put our customers first. And when they put our customers first, we're gonna always thrive as an organization. So what goes into making someone feel valued beyond the obvious perks that we used to give out uh, pretty regularly uh, when we were back in the office? Now that people aren't face-to-face and those interactions are not as common, what can leaders do to make people feel valued so that they can in turn turn that into a business objective as well? Well, I think it's more of a, of a mindset than it is a certain thing that we're giving people. A, a study that was done, I believe it was by Deloitte, and I'm, I'm forgetting right now, I think it was Deloitte did a study, and they asked, what do people want for their data efforts? And it was like 85% of people just wanted a verbal or a written thank you. 
They just wanted that acknowledgement of, you see what I'm doing. You see the effort that I'm putting in and you recognize that I'm here and you don't just take me for granted. And I think right now, what has people feel the most appreciated is that leader who just takes five minutes at the beginning of the call to just check in and, and not just go, hey, how are you doing? Right, because everybody knows when you say, hey, how are you doing? They don't necessarily really want you to answer that question. Hey, how are you doing? Okay, formalities. Okay, let's get to the thing we're here to talk about. But when we take that time to ask and really care and really listen, hey, how are you doing? How are your kids doing? And asking those follow-up questions that dig in a little bit. Hey, how are you coping with, with working remotely right now with your kids being in, in virtual school all the time? And when we take that five, 10 minutes in the beginning of our call to connect with people and understand what they're dealing with, that goes a lot farther than any little perk we're going to give them unless you're giving them additional time off, right? Or you're blocking out time and saying, hey, we're not gonna have meetings from 12 to one every day. We're not gonna have meetings before 10 a.m. because we know you're all getting you know, your kids set up on virtual school. Or there's gonna be no meetings on Friday after uh, noon where you're carving out time where nobody is gonna meet, gonna meet so that people can get their work done, can do what they need to, can be flexible to be able to deal with what they need to deal with outside of work. Right? And those are the things that go the longest way in showing people that we actually care about them and what they're dealing with. You said something at the outset, which really struck me in that showing appreciation is one of the most effective forms of conflict prevention. Yeah. Why do you think that is? So my, my background is in international conflict resolution. So I started facilitating dialogues between Israelis and Palestinians and Indians and Pakistanis and folks from Armenia. And Azerbaijan and folks from Syria was probably the last, the last conflict that I worked on. And the funny thing was, is even though I'm an expert in conflict resolution, if you want to say there's such a thing as an expert, but in facilitating, creating these kind of programs and dialogues, I had a huge falling out with two of my coworkers and we're all conflict resolution specialists. And the challenge was after a year of working together, it got so bad that we couldn't even be in the same room together without pissing each other off. And after a year of having this toxic relationship, right? And you know, it's a toxic relationship because you're fighting with these people and they're not even there. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're sitting <laughs> there in the car and you're yelling at them and you're talking to yourself. You're like, they're not even here and I'm still fighting with them. And the thing that changed that relationship when nothing else worked was a 15 minute recognition activity, right? Where I ask people and I call it reflective recognition. You have standard recognition where you share and this is when we normally recognize people who share how what they did impacted us. But that's what we saw, that's what we experienced. But reflective recognition, which is something that I do in my work is I train people to ask the question, hey, what do you wanna be acknowledged for? Or what are you proud of? Which is a completely weird thing to ask and extremely uncomfortable, right? But when we ask that question, what it does is it gives us a window. It's an invitation, first of all, for the other person to share. Hey, what are you proud of? What have you been working on? And what do you want to be recognized for? And they get to share. Because most of the time, people don't want to be shared for the results. They want to be shared for the process, the ups and downs, and all the barriers that they had to navigate to produce that result. And right now, in the pandemic, inside working remotely in the context and all the stress that people are dealing with, it's not that they got the report done that someone's proud of. It's the fact that they got that report done with three kids at home or an elderly parent that they're caring for or working in total isolation with no communication and collaboration that they normally would, and they're still getting it done. 
So people don't want to be recognized for that result necessarily. It's what it took to produce that result. And by asking that question, what are you proud of? What do you care about? What have you been working on? And then really listening and then drawing it out and then reflecting back what's extraordinary about what they shared is one of the simplest and easiest ways to ensure that people feel valued. Yeah, it really makes the the invisible load that people are carrying visible and yeah. it aligns with, with what's important to them that they may not be obvious to someone on the other side of a screen. No, completely. And, and you know, in the book, in the 75 team mill activities, I wrote this because people were just looking for ways. Hey, what can we do? How do we make these, these interactions more engaging? And mostly my time is working on employee recognition and training people in the art of recognition. But when the pandemic hit and everybody was looking for activities, I said, you know, I'm a camp counselor by training and I run retreats and stuff like that. So I said, let me pull all these things together and show people how do we connect in the beginning of our meetings? And one simple one to expose people to what's going on in people's lives is ask a welcome question like, what were you doing five minutes before the call today? Or what were you doing five minutes before the meeting? And that gives people an opportunity to share. I was giving lunch to my kids. I was rushing from one Zoom call to the other. And it gets present to what people are dealing with when the camera's off. Because when we're in the office, we see it. We see that frazzled person walk into the room. But when the camera goes on, you know, they got the blurred background and you know what, they've got the, the Zoom features that touch you up to make you look a little better, you know, which I'm using right now, but folks can't see in the audio, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, so, you know, by asking those questions or doing a pulse check question in the beginning and saying, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling about your ability to keep up with everything at work at home? 10, you know, I've got this to one. If you give me one more thing, I'm going to collapse. Those little check-ins make it safe and open up a conversation, right? Where it gives people a safe way to say, oh, they're actually not just asking me, how are we doing to be polite so we can jump into the work, but actually checking in to see how I'm doing. And then just bringing a little interaction and fun and play into it. Maybe doing a, a quick game in one of your meetings. Like one of the ones I have in the book is called uh, Virtual Have You Ever, where you have everybody turn their cameras off and then someone asks a question like, if you've ever hid things under your desk to make your office look cleaner, turn your camera on. And so we can just laugh about the insanity that we're working in right now. So we don't take it too serious. And so we stop putting the pressure on to show up and have it together all the time. Because that brings the humanity back that we don't always have it perfect. I think that's exactly right. That is a fantastic wish, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. It's been, a, it's been my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.